Welcome to Tech Intersect. I'm your host, Tanya Evans, and my life and work exist at the heart of law, business, and technology. Yeah, I've earned a few fancy titles and degrees over the years, but the bottom line is I'm a writer, speaker, teacher, and lifelong learner. And I'm really excited that you've joined me on this journey. So what is Tech Intersect? Well, it's authentic, empowering conversations with really interesting guests who demystify complex topics to prepare you for the future, because your future is now. And it exists where law, business, and tech intersect. Get ready to listen, learn, and leverage. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 110 of the Tech Intersect pod. This is April 12th, 2022. And in this episode, I welcome tech and entrepreneur mogul Dawn Dixon back to the show to talk about a very exciting Web3 meets fashion NFT drop in partnership with Jess Marquez, CEO of Visuals by Jess. Now, this historic drop is in collaboration with Disrupt Art, an NFT platform on the Flow blockchain that seeks to empower artists really in a number of ways, but mostly focused on making sure that the transaction fees for creators to mint their projects and sell their projects is pennies on the dollars versus literally hundreds of dollars it can cost artists to sell on Ethereum-based applications. Now, this is Dawn's Genesis project and is an exclusive limited edition, meaning there are only 100 NFTs available in this Genesis drop. All of the details are in this episode, so keep listening to get all of the deets or the 411 if you're a Gen Xer like me. If you know, you know. This episode is an ABMEP. That means always be moguling for sure. Gems, laugh, inspiration, repeat. So I hope you enjoy. But before we hop into the app, a quick note on digital safety. Y'all, there are a lot of scammers out there on social media impersonating me and other crypto educators, influencers, and trailblazers. We need your help. Now hear this. I will never ever, 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 ever slide into your DMs to say peace and blessings for any damned reason, like none. Now, I do wish you both peace and blessings, but I'm a little busy as a tenured professor, a professional speaker, a business owner, a licensed attorney in four, count them four jurisdictions. I am not a trader, not for crypto, not for Forex, whatever the heck that is. I don't do it for myself. I don't do it for anyone else. And I will never, ever, 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 ever reach out to solicit your time or your money, like ever. So hopefully I'm making myself plain and getting it where the goats can get it, as they say. Social media platforms like IG, Facebook, which I am rarely on or check, to Twitter and Clubhouse. Are we even still doing CB? but I digress, they have all in some form or fashion been compromised by scammers and bots. Be careful out there in those social media and digital streets. I work tirelessly to make sure that you're empowered, not wrecked. So be careful and discerning and make good choices 
and never transmit personal, confidential, financial information on social media like ever. I'll be doing a free webinar about how to secure your crypto bag safely to avoid the scams. And it's free 99. Go to AdvantageEvans.com and sign up for my free (laughs) newsletter to stay connected and receive an invitation and real information from me. Don't look for it in your DMs because I won't be there. Go to my website, AdvantageEvans.com period. (laughs) Okay. Now that we're clear, please take a moment to follow this podcast and then like, share, and comment so that others who would benefit from this content can find it. Okay. It's time to listen, learn, and leverage. Let's get started. In this episode of Tech Intersect, it is my honor and indeed always a privilege to welcome my sister Dawn Dixon to the show. Dawn is a serial entrepreneur and inventor with over 20 years of experience in tech, entrepreneurship, marketing, and business development. She has founded five successful cash flow positive companies since 2001, including Flat Out of Heels in 2011 and Popcom in 2017, and is considered to be a pioneer in the equity crowdfunding space. And she is the first African-American female founder worldwide to raise one million using equity crowdfunding. I'm welcoming her back to the show because when she first came on, we went knee deep into her Popcom Ventures because she always stays on the leading edge of everything that matters in business, tech, and now fashion. I am so excited to have her back to talk about something y'all know is near and dear to my heart, her NFT project in partnership with Jess Marquez of Visuals by Jess and in collab with Disrupt Art, which is making serious power moves in the space. This epic drop goes down on Thursday, April 14th, 2022. We will talk about all of that and more in a moment, but first... Dawn, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for always being supportive, just good vibes. Thank you for being a pioneer in the space, being inspiration. And thank you for giving opportunity to me to share what I'm working on today. I appreciate you so much. And you know, I I roll with you like uh, forever and ever, ever. And it's been a beautiful journey for somebody I actually haven't been in the same physical space with to feel so connected to the energy of what you do and how you lead by example and how you move in this world. Everything from obviously technology, but food and fashion. And I hope that we can talk about some of all those things because you are always innovating and you're always entrepreneurially. That is a word. We just made it up. This is (laughs) what you do. Entrepreneurialish. There you go. All the time. Yes. So talk about your entrepreneurship journey. It's interesting as I was doing some, as much as I know about your story, obviously not only am I a fan, but certainly an investor and just a huge fan. And so I know a lot about your backstory, especially because we spent some time together the first time you were on the show. But I still want to do my prep. I'm a lawyer and a professor. I like to be on time, be right, and get my get my story straight. So I w- love reading some of the more recent articles about you and listening to you in conversation with others. And I was picking up on some of the words that people use sometime about your journey. And I'm interested what you think. Obviously, it's history making. You are the first Black woman founder to raise a million. That first million, you did your secure token offering, all that. You yeah. continue to raise 
it's sometimes been described as like, I don't know, almost like storied or magical. Right. And it was like, yeah, because she's a light worker. So I get that part. But I imagine in the day to day, maybe it doesn't always feel magical. No, it don't. Talk to us about (laughs) that. Talk to us about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, and thanks for thanks for that shout out. I I was the first female founder. I think it just was like just taking the, the stigma away from it. You know, a lot of people didn't trust crowdfunding or trust. Obviously, a lot of mistrust in like ICOs and STOs because of bad actors in the crypto space, which there's bad actors in the fiat, there's bad actors in everything, but still. And I went on to raise now over $6 million from equity crowdfunding from over 10,000 investors. And I feel like it's a gift and a curse, honestly, Mm. now, like looking at it um, now that it's done and we're no longer crowdfunding. It's a gift because it allowed me to tap into my network. It allowed me to open up opportunities to my community anybody that knows me knows I'm, I'm all about us and I'm an advocate for generational wealth. And, you know, I'm, I study how we've been kept out of everything and how can we reverse that? What can we do? And so obviously creating wealth through investing is something we were left out of since 1919 with the accreditation parameters that make you basically be a millionaire to be able to invest in early stage deals. So that was amazing. It definitely allowed me to get my business out on large platforms, get a lot of um, a lot of people excited and engaged with the business. But it it kind of also separated me from. It definitely made me an outlier. Definitely, like mm. it was like a little bit. You know, I've always been an outlier in the way that I do things, but this has really put me on the outside of like um, what's acceptable. You yeah. know, like in, in the way that you scale companies. So they're kind of watching me to see like, okay, what's going to happen. She got all this money from these investors. What's going to happen. And, and then VCs, the first thing they always ask me is like, well, do you have 10,000 people in your cap table? And I'm like, obviously not. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's definitely just three line items on my cap table, Right. but it it's looked at positively by the people that I care about, which are the community and my people It's looked at negatively by venture capitalists and by entrepreneurs who went the other route and maybe don't still have the equity control and influence that I do. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I'm kind of like on the outside, like, you know, and it's interesting to see that, but also you have to, I feel like I have to show a different way. Like it's really important to me to at least demonstrate a different way. I posted something on my Instagram that said something like, I don't care about failing in the public. But one thing is I won't not try. Like I I can't, I have to try. I want to show what it's like to try your best and to do something different and not be afraid to go against it. And whatever the story, however the outcome is, which of course I believe I'm going to win in the end. I always win in the end, but you know, I'm very, it's very, very public. So no matter what happens, I want it to be a demonstration or just an example of how you can go about things differently, but it does put me on the outside of a lot of things as well. That's interesting because, you know, when I think and we'll talk in a moment just about your transition into to crypto that led to crypto basically has a misnomer, in my humble opinion, because we're focused on calling it cryptocurrency, where crypto assets move and function in, in a lot of different ways. And you know that. But the this underlying premise of transparency and community that brings kind of the shared responsibility. Every time I talk about like the origins of crypto, I immediately go to the Kwanzaa principles. I know, I imagine Satoshi wasn't down with the Kwanzaa principles, but I hear them in that story 
of uh, collective work and responsibility and cooperative economics and purpose and, and all of those things. I feel all of that in the energy. Chakalia, first of all. Come on. Right. So, <laughs> That's self-determination. Self-determination. That's My daughter's name is Nia, so I'm, I'm very... Oh yeah, talk, then, talk to me when you talk I named about her purpose. Me after the Kwanzaa principles, I definitely did. I, yes. I definitely did name her after that. I see. Uh, yep. 18. So you get it, and yeah. and you know that community it underpins all of that. And if you lose your community in the crypto space, it's game over. I don't care who you are. I don't care what other assets you have. If you lose your community, you have nothing, which brings a certain level of responsibility and accountability, but in a shared responsibility kind of way, is that if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. It does. You mentioned it. It's interesting because I have it kind of on my list to ask you about your, you've talked a lot about the power of equity crowdfunding over venture capital. And I think other listeners who are trying to decide what might be best for them and everybody's different but talk about your experience of really valuing the power of equity crowdfunding and why that seems to be the path you've chosen. I mean, I definitely chose that path because I wanted to be able to maintain a certain level of control over my company in the building phase. Mm -hmm. I, I will say, you know, all capital, you have to know when to take it. Right. And when's the right time and from whom, you know, so I did raise a million dollars in VC funding for my first round, you know, so I raised it from from accelerators like Techstars right. and other venture investors. And that's where I got my seed money from was from VC and accredited investors. Mm-hmm. But after I got into that system and realized how that machine works, first of all, I realized like my company was not ready for that machine just yet. You know, you go into these these venture deals and. They want you to immediately have hyper growth, mm-hmm. you know, really scale very, very fast. Um, you're spending a lot of money to get get that market share and really scaling fast. And that's good for software companies and true tech companies. I mean, that's really what it was built for. Right. You know, that's why S- software is very, very scalable. And although Popcom is a software company, we're software for hardware. Right. And so there was definitely a years long process of R&D. So research and development of building software and really understanding the industry by doing different prototypes and really doing a deep dive that venture doesn't allow for. Right. We weren't we weren't going to scale at their pace. So I said, OK, I need capital that won't have the pressure associated with it um, and people that gonna let us just cook. Just let right. us do our work. You know, sometimes you need money that comes with help. Sometimes you need money that like the, my first venture investors, I really expected them to come in, help me make introductions, help me build my team. But when I realized I needed just capital, just the work, working capital, I said crowdfunding is happening to my network in the community. It's a great way to do it for that stage of capital. Right. I don't think that crowdfunding is is the best path when you have zero traction because people need to see something. And I also don't think it's the best path, you know, when you're ready to do your, you know, like say what will be your series A mm-hmm. or you're, you know, in the hundreds of millions of range. I think right. it's a sweet spot. At like the seed between seed series A or that early, you got, you got a little bit of traction and you need to get that friends and family, but you do have a product traction. That's the time that it's good to take it. Right. So beyond the reason that I took it as far as like, obviously to empower my community and give them opportunities. And I knew it wasn't a good fit for the venture model anyway, because mm-hmm. they would come in and try to take over 
And I wasn't ready to let go of the reins of my business yet until I actually got to launch my product in the market and prove out what was my vision. Mm. And so crowdfunding allowed me to still have that freedom and control and flexibility and not and, and still maintain my equity and set the value of my business and not let it continue to be diluted down. Mm-hmm. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. That's a really important part because by the time people can get to the space where maybe you're on your way to an exit or just that next round, the cap table is a shell of its former self. (laughs) You're on the outside looking in and that could be, it can be very dissatisfying. Some people that's what they're in it for and they don't have a particular connection to the end game because the end game itself is the exit. Right. They don't understand the exit because a lot of times founders you know, at the end of it, after they go through all these rounds mm. and they do have exit, which is very rare, by the way, right. they do have the exit or some kind of liquidity event. And the founder is left with many times well under 5% of the company. And the right. people that get rich are the people that are the, are the investors. Mm. And I said, that just can't be the way for me. You know, when I do, quote, get rich off of my idea, it can't just be or, you know, exit my idea can't be just investors getting rich off my idea. And me and the team are left with point two, five percent of a, you know, a company when in actuality you could, you could have a strategy where you get acquired or exit earlier and still end up with the same money you exit with, but you exit at a way earlier stage. I think founders need to be smarter about the thinking about raising all these rounds versus maybe raise a few Mm -hmm. and you can still get the, the liquidity or the wealth that you're looking for in way less stress by exiting early. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this comes back to your original point and something that you're as focused on as I am, this idea of generational wealth. And, you know, nobody ever created generational wealth simply on high income. In fact, if you're really focused on generational wealth, it's less income, more having assets that are out there working harder than me. And so creating businesses and now focusing on crypto assets that are taxed as capital assets. It's a really interesting way for our community to pivot in the possibility of really flipping the script on generational wealth in this generation. So talk about what the power and promise of crypto generally means to you and what attracted you to the NFT space in particular. So I've been trading, buying, investing in crypto since 2017 when I really started to understand the utility of crypto. You know, before I heard about Bitcoin, of course, many of us did, but I didn't really know what it was for outside of dark web transactions. (laughs) And so I didn't know how that was going to benefit me or anything that I was doing. But when I really started studying the blockchain, because before it was like, oh, there's a Bitcoin, there's a crypto. What the heck? Okay, what am I supposed to do with this? Right. When I started to study the blockchain and blockchain technology and what it does, I said, okay, this is the next World Wide Web because I was around for that. I was I started in tech in the beginning of the web boom. I started in tech in 
$99. And so I'm like, okay, I get this. I understand this ledger. I understand how we can use blockchain technology for so many things. And I started to try to dig deep into how can I use it for my own company. And so that's when in 2017, I started buying it to get understand how it works. But then I started to really research the projects and investing in projects and investing in companies and how they're using crypto. So for me, it, it represents a couple of things. Definitely financial freedom that we've always wanted, even though there's so many things that are trying to stop that. Right. You know, things like gas fees on some of the networks and things like that. But it still represents the ability to move freely. You know, hopefully what we saw in billions with the government (laughs) trying to go into the crypto wallets and taxing. I mean, that's coming too. hopefully we can figure out a way. But it's still, you know, anytime we have this kind of freedom, it's going to be threatened and we have to still fight to protect it. Mm hmm. But it represents that. And then it represents a new way of transacting business in general. Yes. In a way that is, as you said before, it's just transparency. and But also security and privacy at the same time. Yes. Which I really do like. And I like that, you know, I, we can use the blockchain to store things like identity. And so that's what Popcom uses it for, is to store identity for the use of selling a product that's regulated like tobacco, cannabis, or alcohol, but a person can just store their identity on the blockchain and just use a QR code to verify themselves and not need to pull out their ID. That's a really great use case for blockchain. So I got digging deeper and deeper into it. Then all of a sudden, I mean, back in the day there was crypto kitties. I thought it was ridiculous. (laughs) Those were the first NFTs. That's right. (laughs) Now that we know, you know, those are the first NFTs in the way that it's being used today. It's just right. like you get to own this kitty and, you know, we're trading these kitties. Obviously, I didn't buy any crypto kitties. I wasn't interested. I thought it was insane. Come on. No judgment. I had to buy some so that I could I write mean, the article that now. Buying everything- them. <laughs> it's you probably made some money. But in my mind, I was like, no, what I'm not buying this? this crypto kitty. Like, right. Hey. But then literally last year when the NFT started to really buzz again, well, they started calling it NFT. Mm. And I said, okay, how can we really use this beyond just scamming, buying art, hyperinflated things that don't mean nothing? Like, what's the real utility? And of course, the what are they called? The bored apes. Yeah. They had a great utility to theirs. Yeah. And, and and now it's a restaurant. And now it's, you know, uh, or what's the ape club or one of the, yeah, the bored ape this, club. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yep. One at a restaurant now in, in, in California. Mm-hmm. And so when I was like, okay, how can we really use this? in my business, in my companies, how can it apply to me? I don't, I'm not really interested in, and I did try, I tried to get into the NFT space. I followed a project. I invested in a project. I was in the discord. It was probably a hundred thousand people in there coming to find out they were bought people. It was a big scam project. Uh And I got, I kind of got scammed Mm -hmm. and I've been scammed in all areas of crypto, honestly. And that's how I feel comfortable still being in a space because I got burned and I understand it now and I know what to do and I know how to better vet things and I know how to tell if something's a fake NFT or not and all those things. Right. But I really feel like the best use case is having the digital asset connected to real world experiences and items and really bringing that in real life aspect to what's the value of that NFT. Why would it have a secondary market? Why would somebody want to have it? What is it really worth? What does it really mean? And not just, okay, I have an art to show digitally or maybe on my you know digital screen. Right. With Flat Out, we decided to, we were already doing a collaboration with the artist to design on the shoes. Mm-hmm. That was already happening for the, you know, we were working on it. And then I said, wait, let's try to bring technology into this 
create a special 10th anniversary NFT that goes with the shoes. So they get the shoes that they put on their feet. Right. And then they also get an NFT to commemorate, okay, they own this special shoe. They're a part of the special drop. Then this also gets you entrance into special events that we're doing, starting with Art Basel yes. in December. And it also gets you a physical print. We're going to mail everyone a 12 by 12 print of the NFT so they can put it in a frame. Then you right. have actual art. And then also you get a 10% lifetime discount to flat out of heels. Mm-hmm. So for me, all of that for $100 makes it really worth it. And it makes it special. It shows why we have this NFT and this digital membership to represent that we're a part of something together. Money is all around us, and we think about it more than almost every other aspect of our lives. But how can we make more of it, and what's our drive for building wealth beyond just the numbers in our bank account? Join us on the Make More podcast as our host Matt Heslin brings to you a dynamic lineup of experts in the world of investing, business, health, and beyond. Together, they unpack the secrets to not just surviving, but thriving in today's economy. It's about more than just wealth. It's about crafting life experiences, seizing opportunities, and building a legacy. Subscribe now to the Make More with Matt Heslin podcast and join us every week for new expert insights and inspiration. We hope you're enjoying this edition of Tech Intersect. Our conversation will continue in a moment, but first, a word on an exciting opportunity. If you've tried to figure out crypto, DeFi, and NFTs on your own on YouTube University or Podcast College, and all you have to show for it are a lot of questions, but little if any forward progress, I invite you to visit AdvantageEvans.com to get the answers you've been searching for about how to buy, store, and trade crypto and NFTs and to access DeFi safely, legally, and confidently. Advantage Evans Academy offers everything from full-service VIP onboarding to prof-guided on-demand and cohort-based courses, as well as an engaging, informative, and supportive membership club, AE Explore Live, for as little as just $1 a day. This club is for you if you want to learn from well-respected crypto education experts like me, transform your relationship with money, generate wealth in the new digital cash economy, create digital ownership streams that lead to generational wealth, learn to vet, buy, store, trade, earn, and sell cryptocurrencies, engage in DeFi to lend and leverage your crypto, create, buy, and trade creative and collectible NFTs, and network with other crypto-curious enthusiasts in an inclusive environment. You'll gain all of that and more in a wonderful community of like-minded, lifelong learners ready to get in and to win. If that sounds like you, join us. Visit AdvantageEvans.com to get immediate access to the resources you need and deserve. That's AdvantageEvans.com. Let's go and let's grow. And now, back to the conversation. That's fantastic for so many reasons. You know, as an intellectual property lawyer, all my synapses are firing now because I'm so excited. I certainly support creative and collectible NFTs, but I feel like in some sense, it's really the first use case. And it's kind of like, now don't drag me and don't come after me on Twitter for this statement I'm about to make, but it's almost, we will, let me put it this way. We will look back 
some years from now on this time and realize that this use case was like electronic mail was to the internet. There's so many other things that we do with the internet now, in addition to electronic mail, email. And what we do with it now, we could hardly conceive of when we were just really excited not to have to mail something to somebody who was in our office three days from now, they would actually get it, right? So that was like revolutionary, but that was the beginning. But look what we're doing now. We're by the way that we're vibing and sharing information and experience. This idea of using a digital representation of some type of digital asset and in addition, something IRL that is some physical expression representation or some addition to really adds value to obviously the project, but also to the token itself. The token itself is an asset that is also connected to assets and experiences, either digital or in real life. And you've found a way to bring it all together and the value of NFT gated experiences. If you show up to a flat out event or you maybe you're hitting a kiosk, talk to us through one, how people get flat out appeals in general. I don't think some people know of the concept. So let's do that. I, I stepped out of order because I'm so excited about the drop. Yes. And then transition too. to what we're talking about now. So let, let's take one step to the side to talk yes. about that. So okay. I started flat out in 2011. So um, now it's like our 10 year cycle. It'll be April when I started it. Mm. April 2011, and really just save women from the pain of shoes that hurt your feet, high heels or uncomfortable shoes, or have a just a comfortable shoe to throw in your bag or your purse or your yes, glove Lord. box yes. on the go flat. Yes, that part. And it's now been 10 years. We've been rescuing the feet of women all over <laughs> the world. And, you know, Jess, the artist who I'm collaborating with, has been a big supporter since the very beginning when I started mm. the brand back in, in Miami in 2011. And 11 and 12 really launched the brand to the public. And so flatouts are sold online right now, flatoutofheels.com. They're also sold in some boutiques, mm-hmm. but we kind of pared that down because we're focusing on our vending machines. So my company, Popcom, which is automated retail technology, developed vending machines that now flat out sells our products in Popcom's machines. Of course. We're in the, we're in the Columbus <laughs> Airport, we're in uh, Dallas Stonebriar Mall, we're in they're definitely rolling out. So we'll have more locations coming, but the vending machine was the, what I always wanted to see it happen, but it took 10 years to get my first really highly functional vending machine in the market. I love how you are cross-pollinating. I love that too, right? Always talking about multiple streams of revenue, but when they all point to the same thing that you can maximize the value of the popcom experience with an existing product and then leverage that product and that service to the next level and tie it to the next wave of technology, which is where we are right now with your commemorative NFT. So let me get this straight, what this comes with. Mm -hmm. You get obviously the exclusive NFT designed by Jess. And why don't you tell us more about Jess Marquez as Mm -hmm. well. You get the custom one-of-one pair flat outs that has been designed by Jess. You get the 12 by 12 print of the NFT art, which is something in many cases, if you are buying a purely digital NFT, a creative or a collectible. It's in purely digital form. You hope that it might be stored in a decentralized fashion because if it's centralized and the lights go off with that centralized entity, you're back in web two and good luck trying to find it. You got your token, but it's not connected to anything. That's a story for another day. Here, in addition to having the digital creative NFT, you have an actual print that you can frame. You get the discount, 10% lifetime discount on flat out of heels. 
the invitation to exclusive IRL, and I imagine you could have a, an online event as well, but the invitation to exclusive okay. events as well. And you're starting with our Basel and innumerable events that you can and benefits that you can continue to connect to that experience. Yeah. So that sounds that sounds like power to me, Dawn. Is that this, this is what it sounds like? That sounds like power to me. It does. You know, it does. I'm excited because we have our wait list. They're not wait list, but our VIP list is yeah. filling up almost all the way full. We only have 100 of these and it's like 80 something people that signed up. So at first I was like, you know, are they going to do this? But I'm excited that they are. So it it, it is. And I, I'm excited, too, because we're working with Disrupt Art, which is, like, not all the way Web3. So another mission of mine is to, like, help technology adoption speed up with us. Right. And it can be very intimidating, the MetaMasks and the wallet. <laughs> and so Disrupt Art allows you to still transact in a – it's like a Web 2.5 environment because, because you're still – in the NFT space, you're still dealing with, you know, NFTs in the blockchain, but you can pay using Apple Pay and your right. credit card and things. And that I think that's going to really get people to feel more comfortable with mm -hmm. the adoption of this. And I think a lot of people are going to have their very first NFT ever just right. from this. I've always believed and have known that if people have something on the other side, that they actually want, they're going to figure it out. <laughs> we yes. will figure out something when we really want it. And, you know, people are always talking about utility, 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 value. It's not necessarily interchangeable, but when people see a value in it in an experience and they're part of a community and they want to see the entire community win and those involved, certainly like you and like Justin, that's an easy thing for me. Folks, there are only 100 of these, if I'm not mistaken. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dawn. Yes, there's 100. Right. On March 13th, our current customers, so we have a lot of subscribers, over 20,000 subscribers on our flat out list. They get to purchase it for the first 24 hours. So actually it's April 13th is if you're already on the flat out subscriber list, you can buy it for 24 hours. April 14th is when our VIP early early drop list. So that's the list you got to get on right now. And you can find that on um, flatoutofheels.com and then also on our social media pages at Flat Out of Heels, the link in our bio to get on to that list. Excellent. Excellent. In this space, we move very quickly. If you snooze, you lose. But one of the many benefits you have by connecting with Dawn is you actually know she's a real person. She's already doxxed herself. We already know who she is. She has a track record. I, Definitely. you know, she got receipts that we just talked about and you listened to my lead in. I couldn't read all the receipts, but you will. You're going to go to flatoutofheels.com. You're going to connect on social meets and you're going to be a part not only of the past and the present, but the future with someone who is on the leading edge of, of technology and of business and of fashion experience and of community. And I'm so, so, so very excited about this. And through you, although I knew of, you know, Disrupt Art, I know that they built on Flow that's connected to Dapper. So mm -hmm. there's just a lot of power behind this experience. And that makes it even more exciting to me because it, you know, I keep saying the future is now. I can take off my tinfoil hat because we are here uh, and it's a really exciting time. What's the most exciting part about what you're about to do with this NFT project when you think about it? And, and there are a lot of moving parts to be sure, but what are you most excited about? I'm excited because it's our genesis and, and I'm just doing it for the first time with great collaboration. And I'm excited because, like I said, several people will get their first NFT right. and it won't be their last 
just like when I did the crowdfunding, I have 10,000 investors. Many of them said it was their very first investment ever right. and it's not their last. And so it's so important to me to bridge that gap. Um, they said the digital divide is always a digital divide all the time. And we're always on the other side of it. But this time I really want to get us ahead. And now we can. And that means that we have to open up more doors for our own. And this is special to me because of that. Like, I can't wait to just meet everybody at Art Basel event. Yes. If they can come, or and we're going to do some Zooms and meet up, you know, so we all can talk and chat. But I want to make it like a real hundred person club, you know, and let's see how how we can grow that community from there. So I'm just excited about the possibilities. Well, I don't know about the rest of you, but, and I'm glad I have this information. So uh, don't say you weren't warned because, uh, or not warned, but empowered. Don't say you were not empowered because there are many gatekeepers that are, are removed in this disintermediated, decentralized world. But one of the remaining gates is that of education. And so often we're on the outside looking in because people and systems are keeping us out. Don't allow education or fear to prevent you from learning. We make informed decisions when we learn. And this is a great space and a great opportunity that's like win, win, win. So again, last time, and then I will also include it in the show notes, let the listeners know their opportunity to connect with the project and certainly you and stay in touch with your work. Yes. So it's definitely on flatoutofheels.com and then flat out of heels on all of our social media at flat out of heels. You can find the link seeing on flat out of heels.com. It's actually not featured on our homepage. You would have to go to flat out news and mm -hmm. it's the top of that. So on flat out news, and I can definitely send you that link so you can share if you don't mind sharing that link with your community. Absolutely. We will get a deep link directly. We will make this as easy as possible for folks to get the information. Dawn Dixon, I love you. Man, I love what love you're doing. Ways. I, I am so grateful for you. I appreciate it. All right. So, so let's continue to go. Let's continue to grow. And um, I'm going to see you in the metaverse. That's right. I am so very hyped for this NFT drop and always proud of and inspired by Dawn's drive to stay focused on mission and always ahead of the curve. Lots of gems in this episode about the entrepreneur's journey, the decision process for choosing crowdfunding, VC money, or a combination of the two, or something entirely different, when to hold them cards and when to fold them, the power of community the need for transparency, but also the critical importance of security and privacy in a Web3 world. We also definitely dropped gems about economic empowerment and the future of wealth. And finally, about the Flat Out of Heels NFT collab drop and how you can participate in something really, really special, receive tangible art and fashion artistry, and also to support two dynamic, amazing, trailblazing women in the future of creativity. That's what I call win-win. I'm definitely participating and I hope you will too. Now, before we sign off, please take a moment to like, comment, and share this episode and this podcast with your networks. Follow me, the real me, on social media and let me know what topics you'd like to hear more of and who you want to hear from. All right. That's all for this episode. Until next time, continue to shine. Stay in touch with host Tanya Evans via your favorite social media on Twitter at at 
Tech Intersect and on Instagram via the handle Tech Intersect. This podcast has been produced by Stephanie Renee for Soul Sanctuary Incorporated.